Thank you. So I am the bread of life. We just have the next slide, Peter. Thank you. Let's just think about the context of this. So this comes into John's gospel just after the feeding of the 5,000. So you can imagine the high expectations, the questions about, well, who is this? And the resonance for the Jewish listeners with the Exodus story and the provision of manna in the desert, bread from heaven. So is this another Moses? Uh, Who is this person? And um, great, he's provided for us miraculously. Uh, We'll have more of that, please, Jesus. But as we go to see, it's actually about more than what Jesus can do. It's about who he is. And so what I want us to do this morning is I want us to split this saying of Jesus into three. We'll look at the I am, the bread, and of life. So the next slide, please. I am. So um, right at the very first verse of John's Gospel, John 1.1, we read, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John is making it clear to uh, the readers of this gospel that Jesus is God's word revealed. Jesus was with God and the Holy Spirit in the beginning at creation. Before creation, he's right there. And then in Exodus 3.14, when Moses is really panicking a little bit about the job that he's being given by the voice from the burning bush, he says, well, who am I going to tell has sent me? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And this is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. When Jesus says, I am the bread of life, he is saying very plainly, I am God. And later in John's Gospel, in uh, chapter 8, verse 58, he says, Very truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. There are seven I am sayings that will be familiar to us as we go through John's gospel. And after each one, Jesus quite often had to make himself scarce. Because to those listening to him, it was blasphemy. He was saying that he was God and that he is God. What about the bread? At the beginning, uh, we hear... For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Again, if you think about that in the context of the feeding of the 5,000, that made life easy. They'd gone ill-prepared to listen to Jesus. They'd been there all day and God miraculously, through Jesus, provided the bread. It made life easy. And how often do we think about what Jesus can do for us to make our lives easier? And that's what Jesus is challenging here when he's saying, you've seen me, but you haven't seen me. You've seen what I can do for you. And bread was um, what the Jewish people used to talk about the law of God. 
They use it to talk about uh, divinity. So when Jesus says, I am the bread, he's saying everything that you've believed up until this point is nothing. I'm here. I am the bread. I am the bread that's come from heaven and gives life to the world. So don't ask me for what I can give you. Believe in me. I wonder how often we get sidetracked by looking for what Jesus can do for us. There's nothing wrong in uh, praying for God to heal or praying for God to be beside us. There's nothing wrong in that at all. And in fact, that's what we need to do. But if we just stop there, we're selling ourselves short because we are not going on then to spend time with him. We're still just doing what these people are doing, saying, oh, give us some more of that bread. We'll have that. Makes our life easier. Jesus says, believe in me. I love you. Come beside me. So I am the bread of life. And for me, when I looked at um, uh, the next one, Peter, thank you, of life, I thought immediately of John 10.10 that I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. But there is a bit before that which says that the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus has come that they may have life and have it to the full. When he fed the thousands with bread, there were 12,000 baskets of leftovers. That is an abundant God. There wasn't just enough to go round. There was an overflowing abundance available. But a full life, well, what does that look like? So I've just got a couple of examples that I want us to think about. So on the next slide, um, that's a description of a painting. Now, I don't know about you, but when I go to an art gallery, or even if I'm looking at um, paintings in books, I might look at the words, but I won't just look at the words and then move on. I'll look at the painting Next one, Peter, please. Because the painting is the fuller picture. It's not just somebody's description. I can enter into it. I can, be, I can question it and be questioned by it. I can experience it. Similarly, maybe with some music, music on a page. If you can read it, you might even have the little note, you know, hear the tune in your head. But it's a so much thinner picture than actually being surrounded by music, you know, even in our, our sung worship earlier, or, or in listening to an orchestra play a beautiful piece of music. It's a much richer experience. Or maybe those scientists around, uh, around us. The next one, please. Equation for photosynthesis. Now, I remember being really excited about this, particularly when you put it with the equation for respiration, and you look at the beautiful balance that's there in the world, the, the way God's created it. It's awesome. Wow, look at those numbers and those letters. But it's not the same and it's not as full as being in a rainforest or looking at a beautiful spring garden where you can actually see that in action. So how full is your spiritual life this morning? When you look at the Bible, which I'm sure you do, Is it just words in quite a good book? Or is it God-inspired? 
Do you pray before reading it? We always pray before preaching because otherwise it's just words. God inspired. That's what we want. That's what we're looking for. That's what we need to experience. If you don't normally pray before reading the Bible, try it. It's amazing. God will speak. We'll be transformed. What about Jesus? What do we think about him? You know, when he says, believe in me, well, who is the me? Do we box him? Do we sort of put him in certain days or think about him in certain ways? What's the big picture? Fully human, fully God, there at creation, there at the last day, there with his friends, sharing the meal that we will share, there on the cross, crucified, there resurrected, risen, alive forever, and promising the same for us. Jesus, the host of our table, bread and wine, his body and blood, there to sustain us as part of our worship. And I don't know about you, and I don't know what you think about when you come to the table to share in the bread and wine. Maybe you get distracted by the slightly funny wafers that we have, or maybe you're, you're worrying about where you, where you come. What are you thinking? Because if we think about it, it is just the most beautiful and powerful thing. We come broken. We bring our brokenness to Jesus' brokenness. But as we share in that meal, as we remember him, we remember. We become, once again, one body, Christ's body. Fed, sustained, and ready for life's challenges. And we know life is not easy. You know, being a Christian doesn't mean that bad stuff doesn't happen. We all have our challenges. But God is in it with us. We can be sustained by that meal. Um, Donna's talked me into doing this mad moonwalk marathon thing in my bobby again. And, and uh, last week I did a 16-mile training walk and I didn't really eat very much. And to be honest, I did it, but it hurt rather a lot. You can live, but it's better to eat. Yesterday, with Donna, keeping an eye on me, power balls ready, 20 miles, no pain. Well... <clears throat> A little bit. But basically, a lot better than walking 16 last, last week on an empty stomach. We know how to be sensible about the food that we eat and the meals that we eat in our lives. And yet, somehow, we think we can skimp when it comes to being sustained in our spiritual life. And we can't. And there is only one way that we can be fed. And it is about gathering together. And it is about prayer. And it is about worship. And it is about sharing in the meal at the table all of our lives, not just on a Sunday. So I wonder how hungry you are this morning. I wonder if you're hungry enough to get over some embarrassment or awkwardness. I wonder if you're hungry enough to make it clear that you really, really need to be in God's presence. Why does it matter? Why, why? Why does it matter that we are fed and that we are sustained, that we can go on and live our lives? Well, 
Jesus says in John's Gospel that we've just read at the end. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of those he has given me, but raise them up on the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. Everyone who looks to the Son. But how are they going to see where to look if we don't show them and if we don't tell them? And we can't do that on our own. In the earlier service, we had a reading from Romans 12, and I'm not going to go through it now, but if you look at Romans 12, uh, chapter 9, anybody who's sitting here thinking, oh, well, I'm fine, life's good, I don't need sustaining, just read through some of the challenges there about what a true Christian looks like. Uh, your love must be real. Do only what is good. Love each other. Give more honor uh, to others than yourself. Okay, you might think, wish only good for those who treat you badly. Ask God to bless them, not curse them. When others are happy, be happy. When others are sad, be sad. And what about this one? If someone does you wrong, don't try to pay them back by hurting you. If you've got enemies who are hungry, give them something to eat. Or thirsty, give them something to drink. I don't know about you, but unless I'm feeding at this table, and unless I'm feeding on the word, I can't do that. I'm hungry. I'm really hungry. Last Monday at college, we have um, worship every morning, uh, Monday morning to start the day, and the person who was leading it wanted to have some prayer ministry at the end of it, which we don't always do. And so she came up to me and said, well, you know, would you, be help, would you help and, and, and pray for people? So I said, great. And there was a little voice in my head that went, God, it's good, I'm off the hook. I haven't got to go forward for prayer because I've been given a job. I can just go and pray for others. We all have our different comfort zones. Are you prepared to step out of yours this morning? In a moment, we're going to stand together. And I just really felt as I was preparing this that, that we need to show we're, we're serious about wanting to be with God and be in his presence. So what we're going to do, uh, shortly the band will come back and they'll be playing. And we will come... Uh, and I don't, you know, if it ends up just being me standing here, that's fine. But I'm going to come and stand here. Nobody's going to come and pray with you. Nobody's going to ask you why you're standing here. But it will involve you getting out of your chair, overcoming embarrassment, overcoming those thoughts that say, uh, if I go forward, people will wonder why. If I go forward, people think it's because I'm not a very strong Christian because I need prayer. Uh, you know, I've got all the excuses. I've done them all before. So... I really don't mind. I'm going to stand here because I'm going to say to God, I'm hungry and I want you to be with me for what's ahead, for what's happening now, for the things in my family, for this church and for all those who don't yet know him. I'm hungry for you, Lord, to feed me. If you want to join me, that would be awesome but we will literally stand and we will wait 
and then we'll join in with the singing, but it will be an act of deliberate stepping forward. So shall we stand? So, Lord Jesus, I thank you. I thank you that you are here with us. And I thank you that you love us just as we are. But there is more. There is more that you want to show us. There is more that you want to give us. And that as we come in a moment to the bread and the wine, to the sacrament, as we 